You're listening to Moving Forward with Dr. Lynn Swanner. Today's podcast is part of the Flourishing Leaders series, where we explore ways to transform your school community. This podcast is a production of the Association of Christian Schools International. Listen and learn more about flourishing at blog.acsi.org. Well, today I'm very excited to have the opportunity to talk and chat with Dave Hill, who's a great friend and is the founder of HeartSmart, a curriculum and a set of resources that supports schools and educators around the world in building student resilience and a healthy culture. And so it's actually in that role that he's spoken on the Flourishing Schools construct of resilience with many schools at our Flourishing Schools Institute. And resilience is defined as students handle stress effectively and respond well to and bounce back from difficult situations. So Dave, I'm so excited for you to be with us today. Thanks so much for joining me to share a little bit on this podcast uh, about this construct with a very specific focus on our students. So welcome. Thank you so much. So good to be with you, Lynn. Such a fan of everything you do. And yeah, I love, I love talking about resilience in kids. That's my, it's my favorite thing. Great. Well, just to start off, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you work with schools and why this construct is important to you? Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I, um, well, as you mentioned, I created this resource, HeartSmart, and um, so we we see ourselves as like a tool in the hands of the people that are really doing the work, which is teachers and, and schools. And so we, um, a lot of schools use us as a whole school resource, um, but um, sometimes it's just it's just teachers. And I've my background is I I spent some time in children's TV, but most of my years uh, kind of preceding this, alongside doing a bit of teacher training, was uh, as a children's pastor. And I, um, I've just, I've always uh, had a heart to help children grow in love for God, love for neighbour, and love for self. And um, I think as a children's pastor, you know, I've always, you teach the parable of the sower. That's that's kind of like a, a, a common parable. And I was always struck that you know, there's, there's four different types of soil. One is, um, one is the good soil, and um, and then one is the soil where the kind of the seed never takes root. But there's another two. One which is you know the, the ground is hard and it, 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 the, the seed takes root a bit but it doesn't last and it says it says um, as Jesus unpacks it that because um, these are people who have no root uh, and then also there's there's the, uh, the seed that falls in the in the kind of the thorns and um, for these people it's the cares of this world that kind of choke out the life and I th- kind of think with both of those what does it look like to prepare the soil and um, as a children's pastor it's kind of you think of yourself more as sowing seed but I um I wanted to create a resource that would help teachers, help parents kind of prepare the soil, because both of those things are to do with a healthy view of resilience. What does it look like um, to build character, to build an ability to be able to have root, to be able to keep um, to keep on uh, in the things that we've held close to, but also at the same time to be able to navigate some of the pressures of this world. So that's kind of what took me there. It's, it's a little bit of a a kind of a pre-evangelist heart maybe or something like that which kind of took me into and what's it look like to prepare soil so we created this resource for public schools but actually quickly found ourselves working mostly with christian schools and um, we work with both so so uh just a, a quick bridge i i know that sometimes those call you heart smart dave do you want to tell us yeah. a little bit about the the origin for that and, and just tell us a little bit about the program i'd love to hear about boris so just a little bit of, of a visual for folks would be great yeah of course yeah so heart so the program's called heart smart heart smart dave because my name's dave hill and there's loads of dave hills in the world so i just had to find a, a, a twitter handle or an instagram handle that kind of that people could find so 
Pass my Dave. And you mentioned Boris just to say that's not he's not the guy in charge of the UK, but the um, he's a robot. And we we basically we, this this program is there's these five key values which all it all is about building resilience, but it's all rooted in love. Um, the idea that you couldn't um, you can't grow in character if you don't first receive love. And so don't forget to let love in. Uh, kind of and we work through all these different catchy phrases like too much selfie isn't healthy through to no way through isn't true that ability to be able to see a hopeless situation and yet begin to apply hope which is true resilience um but boris the robot is this key character who kind of underpins all of it and he's a robot who has a heart i just thought it was interesting because um you know as children and still as adults we're learning what does it mean to have a heart how do we make healthy choices for our hearts and the hearts of those around us and so to have a robot that actually has a heart and he's learning um, what it looks like to do that would kind of seem interesting, but he's um, he's made from trash. So sometimes he listens to the scrap man's voice, the trash man's voice that says, Boris, you've been made from trash. Everything about you was once thrown away. You should be thrown away. You're trash. Um, that can kind of seem like it makes sense um, because it starts with a fact, but it's not a true perspective of the fact. And so a different perspective of that same fact would be you'd be made from trash, but you're recycled. Our life's better because of you. You're amazing. And so Boris gets to choose which perspective does he hold on to. One is where love is and one is where fear is. One is where truth is and one is where a lie is. And, and so just Boris gets to choose where it comes from. And I think, I think really, like, what does it mean to have resilience? In, in a sense, it is a gift. It is a gift. You know, children that have grown up in a, in a loving, caring home are given this opportunity. And I, I do believe that children um, in schools that perhaps haven't grown up, grown up at home, it's not the end of the story for them too, but it is a gift. But yeah, at the same time, we still, still do get to choose. And so, yeah, that's Boris. I'm, I'm basically known as Boris's friend, just about everyone apart from my family. <laughs> well, Dave, thanks so much for sharing. You know, even as you were talking about Boris, I mean, that was ministering to me. I was like, what, you know, just, just that analogy and those, those stories is just, is just amazing. So, you know, you had the opportunity to work with all these schools to work in and with Christian schools and certainly being at our Flourishing Schools Institute. And I'd love to hear a little bit just in your experience, what does it look like for a school to really do this well, to really help their students in terms of nurturing resilience? What is that? What are some of the things? What does that look like? That's so good. I think I do think it comes down to. Uh, equipping and training teachers, really, because the, the health and culture of a classroom really is. Uh, primarily de dependent upon the teacher and so I think HeartSmart might be one of those tools but there's many others you know how do you a, a low capacity teacher would would create a low capacity culture within the classroom and so giving teachers skills on self-awareness um, on EQ on on empathy kind of all that stuff's super important and um, but as well as as well as that, I do think there's there's something to be said for a whole school culture. You know, something that communicates to the children. This is the way that we do things around here. We always do this. We never do this. We those kind of clear language. It's kind of I kind of like to think of it a little bit like a um, an above ground swimming pool. You know, when you you kind of start moving, you get a whole lot of people. You can create this whirlwind, and you get a whole lot of people that kind of create that current. When you if you were to jump in that pool, and you just get swept along around alongside it, and that's the that's the power of culture. And so. Um, I mean, nothing creates culture more than behavior. You know, some things, you know what it's like if, you've, if you're uh, maybe new to an organization, there might be kind of some unwritten rules, but you kind of learn them pretty quick because you, you notice people's behavior. But one thing I think when schools are seeking to bring their values into the day-to-day, -day, the values of what their culture is, um, finding a way of actually truly bringing those values in so that kids actually know them is helpful. 
Um, it's partly why we created the catchphrase with HeartSmart. I mean, that's that's one way of doing it. I mean, language does shape culture, but um, that's just, just something that helps bring into the day-to-day. -day. Whenever those teaching moments are available for children, um, that actually teachers go, you know, this is the way that we do things around here. So having, having your staff know what that is, and then finding a way of making sure that your children know what that is, does create um, a target that you know you can try and hit, because otherwise you don't know necessarily what you're, what you're hitting. And I think, uh, kind of one last thing on that, we can't be the ones that choose for the kids, because ultimately um, it's, it's children that get to choose. They get to choose, are they going to um, choose something that's going to be great for them and, the, and their friends or, or not? Um, but you can create the conditions which help make that choice easier. It's a little bit like if you want to, um, if you wanted to watch less TV and read more books, you might um, set the comfy seats by the bookshelf or whatever, but not next to the TV. And so it's just things that we can do within our culture that help make uh, a good choice, a healthy choice easier. I love that analogy. Um, as you think about in your work with schools, you know, what challenges are our schools and educators, what do they face in doing this well? And, and, and certainly, you know, COVID, recently is is its own sort of a complicating factor if you want a lot of levels but also just in general you know in education what are some of the challenges that schools and educators face and then just some thoughts on how to work past them mm. i know it's hard to it's hard to think of any of this stuff without mentioning the covid word isn't it but i, I think um it's just worth recognizing that there are kind of high levels of trauma and in in kids and just even just simple things like your teacher changing suddenly because they got COVID or the class suddenly out for a bit or people wearing masks, all that, all that kind of stuff does just increase the amount of tension um, in the air and, and joy and resilience kind of go together. You know, the more joy, fun is the language of kids. You know, if you, you want to speak to kids in France, you should learn French. If you want to speak to people in Germany, you should learn German. But if you want to speak to kids, you need to learn the language, which is fun. And so joy is a kind of a, a big important area so what does it look like to increase the fun so that you then actually just build a bit more resilience and i think sometimes we can be this has been it's created an environment where actually it's been highly stressful and so it just doesn't help um it doesn't help so i think i think on a very basic level helping teachers have some skills to de-escalate is really important to validate emotions um and yet not to endorse behavior i think Often we, we're quick to adjust behavior, but actually not validating the emotion of why that happened. And actually it doesn't necessarily help. So just some simple tools around that, recognizing the stress that we are, and children too are under and also teachers. Uh, and so what does it look like to just increase the joy, uh, to increase some of those um, fun, fun times that we do together. That's incredibly important. It might not feel like it's the most important thing in the day, but it just creates the right environment. Um, and I think kind of aside from COVID, just, we do have an education system which does kind of, no matter how much we'd like it not to do this, some children do leave thinking they have a second class brain. You know, if they're not good at math or they're not good at literacy, or then they've, they're the ones that are kind of most, most often, most frequently assessed. They kind of, they're always struggling in those areas and they might just feel like no matter what, they've got a second class brain, but they might not realize how good they are with social skills or, I mean, communication skills. We, we are, we are beings that need to communicate and yet we, we don't always do that much training on it. We get our skill sets from parents and we try it out with some second or third graders in the playground, just hope for the best. And actually, how do we have learned to have brave communication? And some children might be very adapted to that, but not so much at um, literacy and math. And so I think 
I don't I don't know quite what that looks like, but I do think there are some things that we can do to um, we have a system which in some way just fights a little bit against um, children who might not be good as, so good at those things, helping them to truly know that there's not a second class brain. God didn't make them wrong. That there's lots of other great things there are alongside the and there's still this area where you can work hard to do better at. Well, thanks, Dave, so much for joining me and just shedding some light on, on resilience and a you know, very important construct for teachers, also for adults. So we've actually uh, had Rex Miller share a little bit about that on the adult side as well, uh, because sort of that reciprocity of, of students and teachers. But uh, we are going to be sure to put in the show notes the information for HeartSmart, a link to the blog post you've written for us so people can read more. And Dave, it's just, it's always great to chat with you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Lynn. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today as well. Please be sure to check the notes on this podcast for additional resources and references related to today's conversation. Podcast notes can always be found on the ACSI blog at blog.acsi.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the blog again at blog.acsi.org, or you can also subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, rate or review the show and spread the word on social media. Thanks for all that you do to move Christian education forward. 